This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hi, everybody. This is Tamar, and I am here today with Jessica Evans. She is the embodiment of... Super cool. I think that's a fair way to describe you, right? Does that sound about right? I don't know. I won't let, I won't let you. I won't let you say anything yet. But I do want you to introduce yourself because I think that what you are doing and is like is I think it's a life changing takeaway for other people. And I mean, I think that I will live vicariously through your descriptions. So I'll just I'll just take it take bring that forward and. Um, yeah, if you want to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do, where you're located in the world. Yeah, uh, my name is Jessica Evans, like she said, and I live in Ohio, the United States, Southern Ohio, actually. And um, I work in the medical field. You, I, I, you know, I know, I know you have like this really interesting path in your life and I'd love to hear your story about you know where you've come from to where you are today and I know that's a very loaded question but I also know that you have a really really cool story to share yeah so I actually was married previously and I was my ex for 10 years and I went through a lot of hardships at the end of that relationship with lots of cheating and and lying and things like that and it put me in a really bad place at the time and this was 2015 so he left and I actually had a lot happen at once in my life where I had a few deaths in the family and then both my parents were diagnosed with cancer at the same time. So 2015 was just a really tough year for me. And I had a lot of issues with um, depression at the time because of everything that was going on. And I realized after a while that all I was doing was working or sleeping I really threw myself into my work at the time because I didn't want to do anything else. And after a while, I thought, this is not a life. This is not how I want to live. Uh, You know, I don't even really know myself anymore because for a third of my life, I was attached to another human being and I didn't really know who I was as an individual anymore. So I came up with this idea called the year of the bucket list. And what I did was I wrote down like a list of everything that I've always wanted to try, but I never tried uh, because I was maybe too afraid to try it alone. And my partner wasn't supportive of it or things like that. Um, Or things I was maybe just too afraid to try because it seemed scary. And I thought, If I could live through all those hardships and things that I lived through, I shouldn't be afraid of other things. I I shouldn't be afraid to live my life and to, and to do things 
alone or just because they seem scary. So I created um, this year the bucket list. And it ranged from just little small things like taking a painting class to something major like bungee jumping. And I had uh, at least one thing a month for a year. So do you want to go through that? Because I'd love to, I think, I think some of us would probably want some of the motivation and the inspiration to kind of learn a little bit more about, first of all, how you came up with these various things. Second of all, if you embarked on these journeys alone or with others. And third, mm-hmm. how the, I guess some of these experiences were probably terrifying and how you, it couldn't have been worse than going through the trauma, but mm-hmm. how you brought yourself, I guess, to doing this. Yeah. So, well, first I made a list of things that I've always wanted to try, but never did or places that I wanted to go. And I did have some friends here or there along the way, join in on a couple of the activities, but basically I had started with, I think a a painting class just one of those like wine and painting nights, but I had always wanted to do it and I never had done it because I was told my whole life that I'm not artistic and I'm not a good drawer or painter. So in my mind, I was like, well, let me, let me see, let me check this out. Um, and I actually was really proud of my painting. It's hanging in my house right now i'm doing one of those tomorrow um, and i get it i'm so afraid to actually do it but i'm making it happen also and then i did the cooking class so i always thought those were fun and interesting but that one i did alone and that was scary for me because i'm naturally an introvert and to go to like a class type environment somewhere i've never been before doing something i've never done before with nobody that i know was a little intimidating, but it ended up being a lot of fun. And I kind of forced myself to just talk to the people around me and I had a great time. Uh, So then those were a couple of the small things. Uh, Another one was that I had wanted to learn how to drive stick shift. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, and that was something, I mean, that came out of um, my last relationship was, and when I look back on it, uh, really psychologically abusive. And he had always told me that I wasn't smart enough to figure out how to drive stick shifts. So for me, that was a big one of, I'm going to show you, I'm going to learn. And I had a, a girlfriend of mine that had a stick shift car, knew how to drive it. And so she taught me and that was a lot of fun. My husband would totally and, be envious of you right now. <laughs> yeah, and then my first trip that I did was uh, the, to the Grand Canyon because I've always wanted to see the Grand Canyon. It was one of the seven wonders of the world, and I wanted to do. There was there was several kind of bucket list things in on that one trip, and one of them was whitewater rafting through the Grand Canyon. And another one was ride in a helicopter. So I got to go 
whitewater rafting down the Grand Canyon and then take a helicopter ride back up top. And I actually had my one uh, female cousin joined in on that one with me. And we had a blast. It was a lot of fun. The whitewater rafting was scary. I kind of figured out maybe that's not one that was for me, but I had fun doing it and it was a good experience to have. Yeah, I, I think I would like the whitewater rafting and I wouldn't like the helicopter. <laughs> I think that would be <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, that's so cool. That is a very, very cool. Yeah, keep going. I want to hear these stories. I'm just picturing yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Another a major one that year. So this is all throughout 2016 when I'm doing this. And, and it uh, through 2017, actually. Um, so 2016, a big one for me was to run a marathon. So I have lupus, which is an autoimmune disease and can cause a lot of issues. My main issues with it are like joint pain and fatigue. And, um, but some people what can cause, you know, kidney issues and heart issues and things like that. So I had had a dream to run a marathon for a long time, several years and my rheumatologist kind of told me that he did not think that I should do that because uh, it could send me into a flare or I could have some health issues. And then along with that, my ex-husband had also told me that he didn't think I could ever physically accomplish such a thing. So that really made it so that I never then ran my marathon that I wanted to. So... In 2016, I was like, you know what? I haven't had any issues with my lupus in a long time. I'm pretty healthy. Like, I'm just going to start training, and that's going to be my goal. But if my health, if something happens along the way, like, I'll dial it back and things like that. But so I did this by myself. So that one was a, that one was a little harder to do on your own because when you're doing those long training runs, like, you know, 16, 18, 20 miles, it does get pretty lonely. But I did the whole training, and then I did, I did do my full marathon in, uh, I think it was September of 2016. And I didn't, I didn't get the time that I wanted, but I finished. And that was my goal, to prove to myself and everyone else that this was something I could do, and I wasn't going to let my health... Um, hold me back or the diagnosis of lupus hold me back anymore and that I was um, going to accomplish whatever I wanted to physically. So that was a big deal for me. So let's, um, talk, let, let's talk about that for a minute. I want to, I want to just talk about okay. that because, you know, let's, let's assume that, and, and I, you know, I come from a world that I, I, I started running December 24th, 2018, and I've kind of, I, I've been Every single day I've made an, an effort to quote unquote run. When I say run, sometimes it's just like a very short sprint because of logistical timing issues. And right. sometimes it's about being on the treadmill for at least 20 minutes, 20 to 60 minutes, um, of which most of it is walking, but a little bit of running. And then of course there's other times where I'm like, you know, I'm doing uh, intervals where 17 minutes is running one minute is it's like you know like a, like a couch to 5k type of thing where I'm kind of building myself up so like it's three 17 minute intervals of running with one minute uh, respites between so I'm kind of I'm just kind of curious did you come from 
an area of running? Um, were you were you physically fit at all? And you know, for someone who's like me, who still kind of kind kind of trying to mentally wrap her head around the notion of running twenty six point two miles, like what have you done before that? Were you were you like literally literally zero miles to twenty six point two, or were you building up? Were you doing five Ks? Were you doing ten Ks? Were you doing half marathons? I'm just kind of curious to hear about how your trajectory was fi- uh, in your fi- fitness and also in your in in what you have done previously prior to actually running your marathon. So I had it was I don't know a few years before that I had done a half marathon and that was at the time the biggest thing I had done. I think I I had done maybe a couple 5Ks. And when I had initially come to my doctor and said, I really want to run a marathon, it's a goal of mine, and he poo-pooed it, I thought, well, okay, let me run a half. Let me just see how that is. And I ran a half, and I didn't know anyone at the time who was into running. Um, I I did have a friend who did the half with me, but neither of us knew what we were doing. So we just followed an online plan and I definitely was wearing the wrong kinds of shoes for it. So it was a really rough half marathon on my feet anyway. So I had done that, but then I had, I, I, I've always worked out and I had done, you know, programs like, P90X and insanity and things like that. But I really wouldn't have considered myself, quote unquote, a runner uh, until after I had done my full. Because I think I, when I was training for the full, I didn't do that year. I don't think I had done any other races that year. I had just followed a plan where I ran two short runs a week and one long run a week. And then I also would go to the gym and do weightlifting on the days in between to keep up my strength and to help prevent injuries. That's very, very, very cool. So yeah, you've been working at it for a while. I, I still can't, I can't, I feel like I probably am where you were couple years prior to your marathon but I can't see myself doing a marathon yet 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 it's it's maybe maybe it's on my bucket list I haven't quite figured it out yet I do think I put it on my bucket list about a year like I don't know about seven or eight months ago but mentally it's just it's so difficult to put your picture yourself in that so it's just amazing to you know see that you have been able to do that and especially you know with um, what you what you physically have to potentially risk it uh, with, with especially with your doctor saying hey you know you might have a flare up that could be you know could change change the, your your course of action there so yeah. right yeah so tell and me- actually that um, that marathon set me on a whole other trajectory. Um, you know not just like okay my year of the bucket list sent me on a whole different path in life but that completing that marathon and not getting sick afterwards and feeling really good um, really gave me courage to push myself and I've done well beyond that in you know coming years after that so it got me into 
um, triathlons, and I kind of worked my way up all the way to a full Ironman, and I've been trying to improve times on my half Ironman, and I even did an ultra, and I've not I not had any problems, and I've gone back to my doctor since then, and he is very excited for me, actually. Every time I see him, he's like, what did you do now? I need to know. Um, so, Yeah. Have you done any of those like mud runs in the Spartan races where you just like get all dirty and covered up with, I guess, cake I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't done any of those yet, uh, mainly because you really got to have a team to do those, I feel like. And most of my runs and triathlons, I might have one friend doing, but usually it's not like a big group of people that I know or anything. So um, I think my next one that's been on my bucket list is the Ragnar race. And that's one of those trail running races that you do overnight. And I think that's going to be a good time. Maybe one day I'll do one of those mud races, but it, those I feel like do require a lot more upper body strength. So I definitely have to kind of change gears a little to do the obstacles. Oh yeah, man. I don't know. That's, that's, like I look at that and I'm just like, you know, it's funny because I used to think that all, all anything above a 5K is like overwhelming. And now that I've done a 5K, everything over half is overwhelming. And then you're like talking about these like overnight races, which to me is as far as I'm concerned is an ultra something or another um, because they are they're they're massive. And that's it's, it's a tremendous undertaking. But it's it's so it nonetheless, it's inspiring as heck to like, you know, hear these types of to hear so many people doing it and I you know I and it's 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 interesting because we have I think we have an interesting challenge as runners or runners beginners and advanced like you I would say you're more advanced than I am at least in that our local community we don't really have at least for me personally I mean there are runners in my community but among my closer friends not even nobody really wants to run so yeah I have the challenge of will I get somebody to run a 5k with me probably not can I get somebody mm-hmm. to run a like run a run a mud run with me? Probably not, and <laughs> I mean it's something that um, that's why we find online communities to kind of satisfy our desire for connection in that in, within what, the things that we love to do. So right, um, it's just we it's almost like we have to like find strangers with similar interests that kind of want to get together with us in order to to do those, to accomplish these things that we might want to, I don't know, do. I mention running to my friends all the time and I always get pushback. I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. Well, neither was I five minutes ago. <laughs> like, you right, know, right. you can always be a runner if you, if you try, but I don't know. Anyhow. Run. It's what? And everyone's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me, tell me more about your, your bucket list items. Uh, well, kind of the, I think the biggest one was a trip to Australia and New Zealand. And I did that uh, in January of 2017. And I did convince one friend to go with me. And it was actually a friend that had been in my sorority in college but we didn't actually go to college together. So it was like I knew her through other people, which was kind of cool because 
then I got to really know someone new, kind of, because she really wasn't a close friend of mine at the time. But she was down for some adventures. And I kind of told her all the things I wanted to do and was like, look, you can do these things with me. But if you're uncomfortable, I understand, you know, you don't have to do everything. And she was down for everything. So I was like, this is going to be awesome. So um, that was a it was a two week trip. And we did I did many of my bucket list things on that trip. So I did I did scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef, which I should back up and say one of my bucket list things was to get certified in scuba diving. And I did that the summer prior. So I went and got certified in scuba at my local uh, place. And I did that one alone. But so we went scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef. And then we went skydiving in Australia. So that was, that was really cool. It was really scary. And I will say that I am afraid of heights. <laughs> so I am afraid of heights. So it was scary to jump out of that plane, but it was a really awesome experience. And honestly, you only feel like you're falling for, for like two seconds and then you just feel like you're floating. So it really wasn't, once I got out of the plane, it wasn't very scary. Wow. Cause you're so high up. You know, At- really- and that helicopter ride from some of the Grand Canyon, it still didn't freak you out because for me, those are the types of things. <laughs> that yeah. I do better if I'm strapped in. Like if you strap me into something, I'm you okay. But something like walking around on the edge of a cliff is not my thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that's really scary to me. And then also in Australia, uh, we did a learn learn to surf lesson at Bonsai Beach. And that was really cool. And I and just another thing of trying to challenge myself physically of something that I always thought looked cool, I thought that I could never do kind of thing. And I actually picked it up really quickly. And it, it was a lot of fun. So that's still on my if I get somewhere where I have surfing again, obviously, I don't see it in Ohio. <laughs> but I do like to surf. That is so um, cool. And then we went over to New Zealand. And in New Zealand, the big thing was bungee jumping. So they have the first ever commercial bungee jump there. And so we wanted to do that. And that is probably one of the scariest things I've ever done. Because you just have the rope attached to your feet. And in my head, I was like, Oh, nowadays, they probably strap you in like a big thing around your chest. And things, but they do not. It's still just a rope around your feet. And my friend and I were really nervous. So we actually did a tandem jump. So they tied us together and we jumped together, which made it a little bit better, but it was still pretty scary. Well, I don't know if that would make it any better for me personally. (laughs) That is so cool. Well, I had someone to hold on to. Yeah. (laughs) So So you both died together. That's what that's that's, that's, that would have been the philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That is so cool. I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. I don't think anything I'll ever, I'll ever have here will ever top what you're, what you're sharing right now. So I, I know you're, you're probably going. You're saying that these are big ones. So you, ba- you basically said, oh, well, I've done, you know, the painting class and the cooking class and the Grand Canyon and Australia, and you probably don't have anything that would top it. But I'm kind of curious to know, like, what you've done. It doesn't have to be big. As long as you've done something that's like out of your comfort zone, which or something you haven't done before, but 
Um, curious, you know, for, for inspiration for, for someone like me who might want to consider bucket list items, those, some of which might be not necessarily huge, but some of them might, might be big, like, for example, going to Australia and New Zealand and bungee jumping connected to a completely random stranger that you've met on sort of through your sorority who hasn't got a college with you. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, to, to hear, like, what, what other things you, you've done. Well, so since then, so I did a full year of this, like, one thing a month. Actually, okay, so one more, like, little thing was that I went to the movie theaters by myself. <laughs> that was, like, a big deal for me. I'm an introvert. It was difficult, but I did it, and I was like, okay, this is not so bad. So that was another little thing. But so after I finished the year of the bucket list, I was like, you know what? Like, this was so much fun. I'm just, you know, discovering who I am, like, I need to continue this and maybe not something every month, but, you know, I made a list of some of like the big things that I want to do. And I've been actively, you know, seeking out those things because, you know, sometimes we, we might say like, Oh yeah, well, I want to do this one day. Well, if you just say, I want to do this one day, it might never happen. Like you have to make an active plan. Like, okay, you know what, this year, this is the year I'm going to do this or you know, next year. That's, I'm going to plan, you know, 2021, this is the year I'm going to do this. So I did, I've done a couple other very big things. Uh, I kind of have a list of what I call my adrenaline seeking bucket list activities. So that would be my bungee jumping, skydiving, scuba diving. And so there was a few more on that list uh, that I, my goal was to accomplish before I have children. So, um, in 2017, in the summer, I went to Pamplona, Pamplona, Spain, and I did running with the bulls. Oh, wow. And yeah, that one was scary. So I convinced, this is going to sound really funny. I convinced my grandmother to come with me because I didn't have anyone who wanted to go to Spain at the time. And I didn't, I didn't tell her I was going running with the bulls. I just said, Hey, I want to go to Barcelona and Pamplona. And what do you think about that? And she like she likes to travel. And so she was like, well, if you add on Portugal, I'm in because Portugal is the only country over there I haven't been to yet. I said, all right, done. So I booked our flights and then I said, hey, by the way, I'm running with the bulls. So she was like, oh, my gosh. So I got her a balcony seat and I did this running with the bulls. And um, that was it was pretty scary. But I didn't know anyone. Now, I do speak Spanish, but when you're, uh, you know, in in that kind of environment, it's pretty stressful and it's hard to think in another language. So I kind of wandered around until I found a group of guys who all looked like they were English. (laughs) And I kind of hung out with them and and listened to their tips because they had been there all week watching and kind of made friends with them. And it it is very much, not very many women do this. There's a lot of men. So there's a lot of men doing it. But I did make it. The bulls ran past me. I have a really awesome shot that the professional photographer took of me, like, with the bull running right next to me, uh, which was really cool. And the goal is to make it into the bull ring at the end. And so I, I was able to run fast enough that I got into the bull ring before they closed it down. Oh, so that was a huge. Do people usually and get then, hurt? Do, do when they in general you do people can. get hurt? Yeah, you can. You can get hurt, and people have died. I think there was an American 
were two Americans that week that had got seriously injured or maybe maybe died. I don't remember, but they the the risk is um, getting gored from the bulls, but the higher risk is getting trampled by the people. Right. It, it is really risky. And that's what my whole family was like, you're crazy. Like they were, they were a little upset that I was doing this. Yeah. I have to do it. I have to do it. It's the thing that I'm like always wanted to do. I'm young. I'm healthy. I don't have any kids right now. So like there's no one depending on me. Right. Like if I got injured, I got injured. But uh, the real risk is if you fall, that people will trample over you. How many people in general are in this pit with you? um, It's, I mean, thousands, probably. It's a week-long thing, and people run every day, and the whole street is just, is packed with people. Wow, Um, and how many bulls are there with the people, against the people? Like, is it? um, I want to say there were, I think that there were six or seven bulls, maybe. So, somewhere between five to seven. That doesn't sound, yeah, that doesn't sound like a massive risk because there's so many people. The people are clearly the distraction. But I guess if you're running with the bulls, you actually want to run with them and not be that completely in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yes. And they all shut. The, the goal is that you want to get into the bull ring at the end because then it's a big, like, party. And so the bulls run through and then you have the heifers run in behind them because they're they're – making them continue forward and once the last heifer gets into the ring they shut the door wow so So let me let me ask you to dispel a myth of of that clearly we've watched on tv a lot is it is it really true that if you wear red the bull is coming after you oh so that is i i i'm not sure how true that is but they they do want you to wear white and red like it is a huge thing like you need to be in kind of like a costume everyone's wearing like white pants and or shorts and a white top and then you have your you're supposed to wear a red handkerchief around your neck and a red scarf like around like a belt a scarf belt and um most people wear something like that and it is a big thing and they don't, the one thing I will say is they don't want you to wear shirts that are red because the people who are like the EMS paramedics or whoever that are watching need to be able to tell if you actually have any blood on you or if you're wearing just a red shirt. Yeah, I, so, I figured as much. Interesting. That is so cool, but it's also scary. It's too bad your grandma didn't want to join you in the bullpen. No. Uh, she she had a nice balcony seat, and she had the time of her life sitting up there and uh, talking with all the other people and, and watching us, so she had a great time. That's cool. Very cool. It's also very cool that she was able to go on that with you. That must have been really, really fun, Just just that kind of bonding opportunity that you had as well. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So any, any other any other bucket list items that you'd want to potentially share? Yeah, so my other two big ones that were the adrenaline ones were hang gliding in Brazil. And I did that this year, uh, this summer. So 
That one was scary because I didn't realize that you have to actually run off of the mountain. <laughs> I thought you'd just like step off or something. <laughs> so you, so you went right down? down. Yeah, like you're running on this wood ramp and jump, like have to leap off. Uh, so that one was scary doing that. Uh, that was that was up there, that and the bungee jumping. <laughs> so, um, and I did, I am remarried now. I just got married this past summer and he joins me on my adventures now. So he went hang gliding with me and he had a blast. Uh, he was he was all for that one, um, but of course they had him go first. And in my head, I was like, "Oh my gosh, he's going to die off this mountain! I got to call his mother and explain this to her." Yeah, um, it is. It is scary. Like you, I don't know. There are definitely things that can happen when you do these. So I always say, you know, I'm not going to tempt fate. I'm only doing these things once. You know. Right. Um, but then the next thing I we did was this fall actually. We went to Africa, which has been on my list for a long time, but you really, I mean, it's such a long trip to get over there that you have to have at least two weeks. So it can be harder to work in, you know, to a schedule, um, but it does take, it took us like 48 hours or something to get over there. So uh, while we were there, we went cage diving with sharks. And that was a big thing for me. And he he was not fond of that one. He was like, I don't think I'm going to go. I'm just going to sit on the boat. But then I got him on the boat, and he was like, oh, you know what? It doesn't seem so bad. And so I did get him in the water. So, he, so you know, with these things, it's like it might seem scary, but then once you get there, you might realize, okay, maybe it's not so bad. So he probably wouldn't have ever done that had I had I not wanted to do it, but he had a good time you know, actually doing it. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> These things are scary. And then all of a sudden you just do yeah. them and you're like, Oh, that's exhilarating. I want to do it again. Let me put them, let me put some other items on my bucket list. Exactly. So th those are all my adrenaline seeking ones. And then I have, um, some of my other ones are, I want to see the wonders of the world. So there are seven man-made wonders. There are seven natural wonders and of course, I think there were the seven natural wonders actually changed in 2011. But I'm trying to see all the ones before 2011 and after 2011 plus the man-made. So those are ones that over years I'm working on seeing. Um, and some of the locations we've been to are coupled with seeing the wonder of the world in that area. Or some, some of them have more than one wonder of the world. Um, there. So for example, when we went to Brazil, we saw the Amazon river, which is one of the newer natural ones. We saw Iguazu falls, which is between Brazil and Argentina. And that's one of the new natural ones. And then in Rio, Rio de Janeiro itself, you have the Christ the Redeemer statue, which was the man-made one. And also the Harbor of Rio, which is one of the older natural ones. So I got to knock out four just in that one trip, which was pretty cool. That is really cool. Wow. Uh, I want to do all the things you're doing, but I don't know about the things in the air. That I don't know yeah. about. <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, it's, I also have a fear of heights, but like a fear of flying as well. And 
last year after the trauma that I endured, I decided I'm going to take a class. There's a class at the local airport here called Freedom to Fly, and it's it's a it's a partnership with a local hospital where they basically it was a five week thing for three hours a night at 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 the at the airport where you'd meet with a uh, with psychologists who were kind of giving you some of the psychological reasons of why you'd be afraid to fly. And then they in- introduced a, par- a pilot as well. But it also ended with a with a trip. You know, for us, it was just a local trip. So like from New York to Boston was the experience that we had. I couldn't make that flight. So I ended oh. up, yeah, it, it was unfortunate. But, but then again, I'm not so afraid of commercial flights. I don't love them. I'm just like very uncomfortable to the point that I've never not gone on a flight because I've been afraid, but I've been like, I don't really necessarily want to go anywhere because I don't want to fly. Like I, once right. I'm committed to the flight, I'll go on it. Not some of my friends will not. And the people, especially in that class, they, some of those people would not, but, uh, and some people hadn't been on flights for like 38 years. It was crazy. But anyhow, my, my culmination of that particular class was a, a local, a, a flight on a Cessna hundred, I think it was. And that is mm-hmm. a, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny plane with it's, 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 uh, it's, I, I sat right next to the pilot. There was a back row with the psychologist who was working with me and we flew in, in the New York area. It was right over the Tappan Zee bridge and then right around. And I have to tell you because the plane, like it moves, it's really scary. <laughs> I have to say that that was the scary experience. And it's like one of those things and I feel like I can ask you this and you'll probably give me the answer that I predict, but like you would want to do it again, but you'd still be terrified to do it kind of thing. Like I would, I kind of feel like I would do it again, but I'm still, I don't know if it helps me overcome my fear of flying. I just know that now that I can do that and I've survived it, I probably am okay. Just kind of, kind of curious to hear your, your thoughts. Like, would you, would you do these things again? Or you're just like, I got, I crossed it off my bucket list. That's done. Yeah. So, um, there's probably, someone could probably convince me to do them again if they were like I really want to do it and I need your help then I would be like oh okay like I'll do it for you but myself like I kind of am like like I said I don't want to tempt fate like I survived I did okay like I'm I'm good so I'm, I don't have a desire to like, hey, let's go back to Brazil and I'll go hang gliding again. Uh, I don't have that desire, but I mean, I thought it was a great experience, but like, say for example, my husband has never gone skydiving. And if he came to me and said, you know what, it's on my bucket list to go skydiving, but I don't want to do it alone. Will you go with me? Then I would probably say, okay, like let's find somewhere cool to do it. Um, and I would, I would do it again for, for him or for, if I had a friend similarly who said something like that to me, I probably would do it again. Okay. So in other words, you're not going to be sharing this podcast with him or any of your friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't convince me to do it. I don't really want to, but Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, those, those things were scary and it was it was a lot of fun and I wanted to do it and I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it and I did it. So it's kind of like I have so many other things on my bucket list that I want to accomplish that before I would make rounds and do things again, like I need to do some of my other goals. <laughs> well, well, let's, let's just share a few of those with me. 
Well, so kind of a newer one that I was working on was um, there's a couple really cool races that I want to do. So, um, for example, the half marathon on the Great Wall of China. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. And so I do want to see all seven continents. Right. And the only ones I have not seen so far are Asia and Antarctica. And Antarctica is going to happen. So that's on my list, but that's probably a while from now because that is a very expensive trip, a lengthy trip. Right. Maybe something when I'm closer to retirement, honestly. But um, that is on my list. And uh, yeah, so I really would like to do the Great Wall of China uh, half marathon. And I think I, I think I found someone to do it with me already. So working on that maybe for 2021 20, or 22. Um, and then there's just other things like in, I want to see Thailand and in Thailand is some of the best scuba in the world. And so my husband is not scuba certified yet. So this is what we're, this is what we're waiting on. Like he needs to get scuba certified and then we're going to plan our trip to Thailand so that we can go scuba diving in Thailand. Cool. Very cool. We got to work on him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So let me, let me ask you a weird, weird question. Um, sure. Is, is your ex aware of what you're doing right now? And like, how do you think he's responding to all of this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he knows some of what I've done because when we were going through, when we went through our divorce, we didn't get officially divorced until January of 2016. And I think it was actually sometime in 2017 when I was... Um, it was after Australia and New Zealand. It was after I did some of that stuff. Um, I had found some things of his that I had, and he had some things of mine still. And so he actually stopped over to exchange, and I had my basement. My basement was my entry level at the time, and I had it decorated and, tra and all my travel adventures. So he did see all my pictures of me bungee jumping, skydiving, running with the bulls, and all that stuff. And he, um, and he kind of made a comment to me of, "Wow, you look really great." And I was like, "Well, you know, that's what happens when you know I, I did a marathon and and I'm training for my Ironman and and this and that." And he was just kind of like, "What?" Like, you could tell he was shocked. Now, I don't know if anyone said anything to him since then or beyond then because we, I do have him blocked on all social media. Um, so there is that. But um, I'd like to think that I am I'm a much different person than the person that he knew. So I think that he would be pretty surprised to see my life how it is now. So I'm yeah. definitely 
definitely much different, uh, much more adventurous. And I kind of, I'm more confident. I know myself. Um, and when I say like, hey, I'm going to do something, there's no doubt that it's getting done. Like I'm, I'm doing it. So yeah. And, and if anyone says like, you can't do that or whatever, I like to, you know, I just sit back and think, okay, okay, watch me. And then I do it. Right. So. Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. And, and it's amazing that, I mean, usually everybody who's endured a trauma has been held back by somebody and, and that, that claw Usually when you let mm-hmm. go of that claw and you're willing to really overcome it, I mean, you mm-hmm. can really, you're, you can accomplish pretty much anything. And I, I totally, I identify with that personally very, very much. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think at first a lot of it was fueled by a, you know what, he put me down for so long and I'm, I'm going to prove him. I'm going to prove him wrong. But then along the way it turned into, I'm doing this for myself. Right. So. I think I think a lot of people done that. And I and someone had asked this question on Reddit a few months ago. And, you know, they're like, I want to get over this group of friends. How do I do that? And I think everybody's little propeller, the little propeller in the back of our mind, their little impetus is like, it's to prove people wrong. But then you keep doing it. A lot of uh, not mm-hmm. many people are proved, especially if they're really willing to like take this extra step and help themselves besides just showing somebody, oh, wow, well, I'm the boss now. It's it's about mm-hmm. really, really bringing yourself and realizing, you know what, I enjoy this. I derive great benefit from it. Why not just continue? Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is so cool. Um if like, I'm just curious the, if I can just ask you one maybe closing question, if you can, okay. if you can give your previous self some advice, like what would it be? Oh, it's always a loaded question. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, uh, I, I think, think I, I would tell my previous self <laughs> to not be afraid to take chances. And, and not be afraid to push yourself. Because I think I lived for so long fearing fearing things that I, I really wasn't living. And once you stop letting fear control you, you can, you can have a really full and adventurous life. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely absolutely wholeheartedly embrace that i think that's so important and i do think that sometimes there are things usually people that will prevent you from being able to live your life to its fullest and it's just (laughs) amazing to see that i mean it's four years since you really kind of started doing this but like Mm -hmm. where you are today and I, i i really i really hope that that other people can build their bucket list. If, you know, it's it's funny because we're we're in January right now, January 2020. And I think I, this is the perfect time to like. I, I think if I can give people an assignment, it's just like take take a piece of paper or even just write online and you're like Google Keep or Google Docs and put your compose your bucket list because you only live once and you might as well take advantage of doing what you can to make your yourselves ha- happier and just give yourself opportunity to live because. I mean, you can and you will and, and you'll love it. And it just it's just such a it's exhilarating and should 
take advantage of what you have because yeah, we're, sure. we're only on the earth for a finite amount of time. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well. I, I would say like, like don't be afraid to start your bucket list because and, and put a deadline. Like I said, if you're just like throw something out there, um, you might never do it, but put a deadline on it of, yep, I'm going to do this by this month or this year. And that is going to make it more real for you and make you do it. And even like tiny things, like I said, like a painting class or something like that doesn't have to be something crazy like the stuff that I do, but Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I would just say that when goal setting, you know, you, you want to set like a goal that's like SMART, which uh, the S-M-A-R-T stands for different things. Realistic, actionable, timely, measurable, and specific. But, um, you know, the, the you look for that, look up the acronym online. And I mean, this is something that you just, yeah, you should always do. I have a marathon in hopefully, hopefully soon. I've definitely, like I said, you know, I have, I want to do three, five K's by the end of 2019. And I successfully did that. The rest of the stuff is kind of there. And I know it's some stuff that I'm working toward. I haven't, I I said I was going to have a hundred items on my bucket list. I think I'm at like 51 right now because yeah, we, I still have a life to live and I'll I'll figure out other things to, to populate that and, and build that out. And I think everybody can and should in the, in it doesn't have to, you don't have to like compose it now. I mean, I'm sure you're going to come up with other things in the future, but. Oh, yeah. um, no, it's constantly changing, constantly adding. Right. And it, it's, it's got to be so much fun. So that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Jessica. I really, really, really appreciate you sharing your adventures with us. I hope other people come and go on some adventures as, uh, as they were inspired by your story. And uh, till next time, I guess. Yeah. Thank Thank you very much. much. Yeah, sure. All right. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time.